the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So today we are finishing off our series Grow. For four weeks we've been looking at growth, different areas and ways that we can grow. Just do a little recap. Uh, So the first week we were talking about Jabez, a guy whose life was born out of pain, who suffered in pain, whose name meant pain, his mum called him pain, and he lived his whole life in pain. And there came a moment in his life where he said, oh God, that you would just enlarge my territory, you'd enlarge my container. And we were talking about growing plants and we gave away loads of seeds uh, for people to grow into water because what happens is a plant will grow to a certain point and it needs to have a larger container, it needs its territory enlarged. And sometimes in life, you and I can find ourselves stagnated and frustrated uh, because we need to step out in faith into a new container because the, the work, the, the job that we're in, the, the family situation we're in, we just need to enlarge it. We need to step out in faith for us to be, have the freedom to grow and bear fruit again. If you just stay in the same place, you stagnate and that's not cool. So we talked about that in faith. Then we talked about the Jethro principle. Moses was working himself to death and it came a point in his life where he was like, this is, this is killing me and his father-in-law stepped in and said, this is not good. You need to delegate, you need to step back, you need to skip some things. And you and I, sometimes we get so head down into our work that we forget to find out what matters and skip the things that doesn't. The thing that Jeffro said was the most important thing was he said, Moses, you go before God for the people and you, you go meet with him face to face and then you help them in their situation. And we realized that actually we've got to have space for the face in the place that we're in. Because so often if we don't create space for God's face in our lives, we just end up just going through the next thing, next thing, next thing, and that will kill us over time. And sometimes in relationships, we can get so consumed in a relationship where someone has such a power over us that every time they message us, every time they, oh, oh, we're running, oh, oh, I've got a notification, notification, oh. And it's like, man, you've got to have space for the face in the place you're in. You've got you to cut off, not the person, but you go, I will speak to you then. This time is a time that is for my health and for me to thrive. And so this week, we're going to continue on in that vein. And our last message that we're going to kind of focus on for week four of this series to kind of finish and wrap it all up is it comes from a a psalmist, a psalmist that I absolutely love, uh, Stormzy, who in one of his psalms (laughs) says, too big for your boots. And there comes a point where sometimes we can get too big for our boots. And we're going to look at two different kings and they came back to back and one of them got too big for his boots and the other one literally couldn't fill his boots. So we're gonna be looking at Saul and we're gonna be looking at David. Now Saul was a great guy, he was a really good looking guy, a really tall guy, really influential guy, a mover and a shaker, and he got picked to be the king of the nation. But because he loved himself so much, there came a time when he no longer would choose to follow what God had said to do and just did what he felt like doing because he rated himself. He got too big for his boots. And when he got too big for his boots, God told Samuel, You've got to dead this guy off. You've got to cut this guy off. You've got to pick a new king who's going to be my king with the people. And this is the guy and this is the way it's got to go down. And so what happens is Samuel goes and he's sent by God to meet with a a family. Uh, The dad's called Jesse. He's got all these boys. And one by one, they're all brought out for him to see. And he sees them. He's like, geez, look at this guy. This has got to be the guy because this guy looks in the mold of what he'd seen before. Saul, big strapping lad, handsome, smart, got it going for him, mover, shaker. And he's looking at him, this has got to be the guy. And God said, it's not that guy, it's not that guy, it's not that guy. Comes to the point where he goes through all the brothers and then he goes to the dad, are there any more? He's like, no, there's no more. And he, oh, wait, yeah. There's that little kid of mine who looks after the sheep. 
And so Samuel says, well, go get him. And when Samuel sees him, he's thinking, oh, geez, Jesus taketh the wheel. This is, this is not how this goes. But God just says, this is the man. Because God doesn't look on the outside, but looks on the inside. And what's cool is today we're dedicating Tariq to, to the Lord, but he is so small and so tiny. I mean, as, as a mom and as grandparents, you have a vested interest. You see a world leader. You see the next prime minister. You, you know what I mean? We all do. As soon as you have a kid, you're like, oh, they're going to be amazing. It'll be great. For everyone else who's not in the know on what you know, they're like, what the heck? Like, Because, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. Two foot in front of the other. Everyone else sees... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like they do not see the same gifting and anointing that you see. And the cool thing is today is as we kind of wrap up this series of this message, we're going to see Tyreek grow. We're going to see Tyreek over the years become something absolutely awesome. For some of us, that's a given. For others of us, that's like, wow, I'm stepping out in faith right now because he is just scuffing his shoe into the ground. <laughs> but he is. He's going to do something awesome. So God picks David. One of the things that's key in that is that God says... Three times in the Bible it says, God is opposed to the proud, but the humble he gives his grace to. And so often in life, you and I get to a place where, like Saul, where a few things go well for us, and all of a sudden, we're a bit gassed. And when we get a little bit gassed, we start thinking about ourselves differently, start thinking about other people differently. And actually, God is opposed to the proud. So the moment Saul started to see and feel himself a bit too much, God became opposed to him. That's a lesson for every single one of us, that we need to be people that are humble. Humble isn't like not rating yourself, it's not keeping yourself down or battered, it's just thinking about yourself less. It's about thinking of others, it's, it's about putting them first, it's not all about you. If all your life goals are orientated around you, God might be getting starting to move to you sometime soon, I'm just saying. If, if your goals for the year are all orientated around you, there's gonna be a day where God is gonna bring the smacketh down. Like that, that's, that's what happens. But when we're humble and when we're thinking of how, how, can I, how can I develop my kids, how can I develop my community, how can I be an influencer for, for, for the people around me, how can I help those who I know in my life right now need to, to step it up, who need a help up, who need, man, that's when God starts to bless. And so we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17 and just to have a bit of a, a vibe for what's going on. So what's happening at this particular part in the story is this huge dude, Goliath, this massive, massive, massive giant is on the battlefield and he is sending for Israel. He is saying like, we don't need to have everybody bang. And some of the soldiers on both sides are like, phew, I'm not gonna die today. I am down with that. He goes, all we need is for one of you guys to come and to fight me. And if I win, you guys are ours. And if you win, we're yours. And the children of Israel are shook. They are shook. They are so, so scared. They do not want anything to do with this fight. But there comes a point in the story where David, whose dad is named Jesse, in verse 12, he, uh, Jesse who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, there was a man already old and advanced in years. Three of the oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. And the names of these three sons who went out were Eliab, the firstborn, and Abinadab, and Shammah. Shaba uh, and David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand among them morning and evening. And Jesse said to David, take for your brothers some uh, grain 
and then 10 loaves and carry them to them quickly to your brothers and take these 10 cheeses, I love that, to the commander of the thousand cheese and wine night over at the commander's house. <laughs> See if your brothers are well and bring some tokens for them. Now Saul and they gathered all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elia fighting with the Philistines. David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, an army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. David heard him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel, and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches. Jeez, make it rain. And will give him his daughter, wow, and make his father's house free in Israel. David said to the men who stood, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away approach from Israel? Because he's like, I can't believe my ears. He goes, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That, by the way, is the greatest cuss in the whole of the Bible. I love that. Like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Man, whenever I am upset with someone, that is what they get called. I'm like, you uncircumcised Philistine. Like, geez. I mean, so many times, like, Vodafone have been on the phone when I'm doing my contract, and they're like, what did he just call me? Yeah, you heard me, you uncircumcised Philistine. You better give me more data. And then... What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Love it. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him the same way. So it shall be done to the man who kills him. Now his eldest brother's like, oh, here's David getting carried away again. When he spoke to them, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Like, you're not even a big deal, David. You don't even look after a lot of sheep. You only look after a few of dad's sheep and you're coming down here trying to make these moves. And he goes, I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down just to see a fight. Uh, you know, world star. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? Like people are just chatting. And he turned away from him towards another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again, the same. And when the words David spoke were heard, uh, they repeated them before Saul. And Saul sent for him. So David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this giant. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. Oh, I love that. I love that. David hasn't even got the job yet. He hasn't even got the job to go fight Goliath. And he's already, the resignation letter is in. He hasn't even been accepted. He hasn't anything. He's already talking about used to. Oh, I used to look after sheep. Are you kidding me? We just look a few sentences back. You're still looking after sheep. You've had one day off to go and deliver fruit. So it's like David was a shepherd then he's a part-time delivery driver to make a bit of pee on the side. And now he's talking about how he used to. He used to. Oh my days, David, you are the most gassed person I've ever heard. I love that. Listen, listen, listen. I used to keep sheep for my father. Oh wow, you bad. You real bad. And when there came a lion, oh hello, or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of its mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard, struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine, love it, shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. 
David said, the Lord who delivered us from, delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine also. So Saul said, David, go, the Lord has sent you. And then I love this. Saul clothed David with his armor. David puts it all on and it's just way too big for him. So Saul's got too big for his boots, but David can't even feel Saul's boots. And that's who God chooses to send out. That's who God chooses to send when the stakes are high. When winner takes it all, everyone is going all in, all chips are on the table. God sends someone who can't even feel Saul's boots. And he tried in vain to go and he said, like, like, just forget that. And so what happens is he ends up going out there with his sling. He ends up going out there with three stones. And then, I love this. When the Philistines looked and saw David, in verse 42, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistines, You come with me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, to whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines to this day to the birds of the air. Wow, jeez, I thought it would be a tree that would hit me. And then, whoa, <laughs> that from behind. The wild beast of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that his assembly may know the Lord saves not with the spear or the sword for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. The Philistine rose, came quickly, drew near to David and David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his own sword, drew it out of its sheath, killed him, cut off his head with it. And the Philistines saw the champion was dead. They fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose up with a triumph shout. Yeah, everyone got gas then. Everyone wanted to make noise then. Everyone does that, you know. You're struggling through a situation in life. Everyone's quiet. And then you come victorious. Everyone wants to take a selfie of you. Everyone wants to be there. It's like, I didn't see, like, Michael Dapper's been doing comedy for a long, long, long time. No one was saying nothing to that kid. All of a sudden, you know, the video goes viral. And everyone's like, oh, I knew Michael. I knew Michael. Oh, Michael, Michael. Tagging him, tweeting him. Da-da-da-da-da. Man, it's, it's the same for everybody. It's the same for David. One minute, everyone's like, who is this kid? Ah, oh, no, I don't think so. They're kind of like the McDonald's advert. Nah, you're all right, David. Nah, you're all right. That's his brother's the same when he wants to step up. But now all of a sudden, it's selfie time. Everyone loves it at the end. And it's the same for you and I. And the key thing is, never get gassed. Never get gassed before the, the fight. Never get gassed in the fight. Never get gassed after the fight. All three of those things is where you lose. Whenever someone gets gassed and believes their own hype, you're finished every single time. And so then David gets an upgrade. So LucasAid had this advert out at the moment. I don't know if you've seen it. The David one is so, so cool. It's really, really funny. Uh, like, he's going to fight Goliath. He's not feeling it too much. Obviously, he has LucasAid, gets the energy, and then he, he bangs him out. Like, like of course, the LucasAid ad. But I don't think David would appear in the LucasAid advert. I think he's more the Deliveroo uh, type. That's what I think he is. I love it. I love it. I think David goes just about the normal life. He's so relatable to all of us. He risks his life for sheep. That, for me, is awesome. Like, other people would be like, okay, it's a lion, it's a bear, we can lose this one, you know? This sheep can go. We've got others, it's replaceable. For David, everything's 100% fully in, fully committed, fully on it. And one thing I've learned about growth 
is the people that are fully on it, 100% committed, all in, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, they're the ones who excel. The guys who are like, well, I'm just saving myself for when that big moment happens, they don't achieve anything because they'll be saving themselves their whole life because that big moment will never happen because they're not all in from the beginning. But David's like, there's a sheep on the line, I'm all in, I'm all in. And God's observed him be all in when no one else is looking and when he could lose his life just for one sheep. And that's the reason he gets made king. And that's the reason he's the greatest there is because he doesn't shy away from risking his life for sheep. He doesn't shy away from the small job. Go feed your brothers who are gonna do the fighting. That's how it starts for him, go feed your brothers. He's happy, he'll do it, he'll do the delivery because David is fully in no matter what he's doing, knowing that that is all that matters, that this is what is here right now and I will do this with everything I have. It doesn't matter if anyone else is looking and that's the winner's mentality. Saul's armor, so often in life, um, we have other people who see us in a scenario who go, well, you need this and you need this and you need this. And, and they start putting all this stuff on you that's way too heavy for you, way too difficult for you. In business, someone always says, oh, I've been down that road, this is the way you do it. And you know what, there's a lot of things, you can learn wisdom from other people, but sometimes you gotta go with what's in you, sometimes you gotta go with what you believe God is saying to you, sometimes you gotta go with whatever the dream is, because ultimately, just because that's how other people have done it, would the method of wearing that armor have helped him defeat Goliath? No, it would have made him slower, it would have given him weapons he didn't know how to use. It would have got him killed. And so often you and I just want to trust in what someone else has achieved. We want to trust in someone else's faith, someone else's um, story. But actually you've got to step out on your own two feet. You've got to step out in your story and you've got to live the life that is ahead of you. And for you to be successful means you can't put on Saul's armor. You've got to go with what God has given you. That's how you overcome your giants. You've got to go with what God has given you. Saul is too big for his boots. David is too small for his. David trusts in the Lord, and that's what you and I should do. That when it comes to those key decisions for our families, for our businesses, for our works, for our dreams, the God dreams in our lives, we have to trust God. And we've got to trust God with Tariq, who's, 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 who's out cold, man. He has been knocked out by Conor McGregor. Wow. <laughs> you see, the thing is, so often people talk about being real. Always I hear that. I hear that guy's going, man, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Everyone always talks about being real. You see, your giant casts a really big shadow. Your giants cast a really, really big shadow over you. But nothing is more real than Jesus. Nothing is more real than Jesus. Nothing is more real than what God would do for you. So many people keep it real. Real restricted, really impoverished, really defeated. It's like they, pit, they, they, they pitch a tent in a party of realness of their giant shadow. It's, it's so in to be real. It's like democratic. We all come together with our realness, uh, accepting the shadow that we live in of the giant over us. That's what they did. They all got together democratically. Oh, 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 this giant's so big. Oh, oh, there's no way we'll beat him. Oh, there's no, there's no future. There's no hope. Oh, everyone's scared and everyone's being real. Everyone's being real. The problem with being real is being real will always keep you in the captivity of your situation because you're just being real. Your reality is real, but Jesus is the truth. Your reality is real, and faith doesn't deny reality, it denies finality. It says this won't be final. This isn't how this goes down. This is how it is right now, but faith says finality's coming, and this situation will not stay as it is. But in faith, we oppose our giants. We find something more real, a reality that defies every finality. Your real realness is a reality he really wants to relieve, releasing you to your destiny. 
Don't despise your limited resources. So often people are like, I can't do my dream. I can't achieve the call God has for me. I can't do what I've got to do in life. I can't be the mum I want to be. I can't be the dad I want to be. I can't do any of the things I want to do because I don't have enough. I don't have enough. You know what's funny? You have more than enough. You think you don't, but you have more than enough. David goes with more than enough. He only uses one. All this time he could be going, oh, oh, I need more stones. What if the first three don't hit? He could have weighed himself down with all these stones. That's what you and I'd want. We want an assault rifle banging out stones. You know what I mean? We'd go laden down with everything. God has given you more than enough. You think you don't have enough, but you do. God plus you equals more than a majority. Like you don't need the democracy when it's God plus you. I don't need everyone to come around and go, oh, there, there, Andy, let's, let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya and we'll do this together. No. You can step out in faith if you know this is something God's called you to do and what he wants you to do. The truth is, you and I so often live in a place of default, which is just keeping reality as it is, accepting reality as it is. But if you live in reality accepting how it is, you will never experience change and you will never experience a moment when your, your giant is laying flat out on the floor unconscious. You'll never experience a moment where your giant gets decapitated and you live out of their shadow, free to create the world you always dreamed of. You'll never get to do it if you accept, I'm just being real. I hear it so many times, people talking about, oh, oh there's a problem in my relationship, just being real. That basically means I've tapped out and we're gonna allow the realness to carry on. Oh, uh, I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be a dad, I'm trying to be a good mum, but there's always problems, I'm just being real. Oh man, I've tried it my business, I'm failing, the money's not there, I'm just being real. Being real at copping out. Man, I am so grateful that Jesus, when he's on the cross, didn't just go, man, guys, this really hurts, I'm just being real. It is pretty painful up here, being tortured, being, being like this. Jesus never tapped out. He calls you and I to never tap out. He calls us to tap into his grace because with God's grace, the first stone is enough. With God's grace, you can achieve everything. And for, for Tyreek, man, the future is bright. The future is great. The future is good. May you be like David. May you, though you are small, be someone who sees the world completely differently. May you not be limited to everyone else's expectations. May you not have to be what someone else says. May you, wherever you are in life, whether it's a shepherd, a delivery driver, know that your time is coming and pick your moment to face your giant. And may you be a source of liberation for everyone else. Because a mustard seed is the smallest, yet birds take refuge in the tree because it becomes huge. May you be like that for many. Tyreek. Tyreek. said Tyrese. I've been sick for three days, man. I'm losing my mind. I don't know how I'm standing right now. It is the grace of God. Like, jeez, man. Ah, that's why you shouldn't take cocaine before a surf. No, I'm joking. So joking. So joking. My wife's going, oh, I get it. That's the kind of thing I joke about and I don't do. The debate is, does it go on the podcast, does it not? They might not appreciate that joke in Saudi Arabia. Uh, whatever, what are they going to do? Father God, I thank you for your grace and your love and your power. I thank you that you call us not to be real, but you call us to overcome. I thank you that you call us not to accept the shadow of the giant cast over us, but to step up and take it on. I thank you that you call us saying, you don't think you have enough, but I'm with you, you have more than enough. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to wear 
what everyone else tells us we have to wear to overcome, whatever resources they try and push on us, but that we are resourced in you and that we will overcome those situations. And we just pray again, Lord, your, your blessing over Tariq, that he will achieve all that you have for him. And we pray that we would be people that enable him to overcome his reality and not live impoverished and enslaved in it, Lord. But we would be people who encourage him. Would you encourage each of us and lead us and guide us from where we are? In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.